Greetings, everyone. Give God the glory. I'm standing up here in my right mind. Almost 40 years saved. Almost 40 years kept by God's love, by his grace, by his power, by his word. I just want to give God the glory. I'm here tonight to encourage you. When the pastor, Brother Tim, asked me to share the word, I waited on the Lord for this past week, and I could have shared many words, but the Spirit of the Lord prompted me to encourage the body. And that's what I'm here to do tonight, to encourage you. Now, the first thing I want to say is, we're in a new year, and according to the Hebrew numerical numbers, uh, we're in the year 2020, and in the Hebrew numerical numbers, they have a great significance, the numerical and the alphabet. Now, I'm no Hebrew scholar, but what I do know is the significance they have is that in the numbers, it's speaking of restoration. The number 20 speaks of restoration. And when you break it down in the Hebrew, it means not only restoration, but it means healing, it means deliverance, it means a victory, it means a breakthrough, and it goes on and on and on when you break it down. And you know, last year was a tough year for all the church, everyone included, from the children to the very oldest. It was a tough year, a hard year. And even as we have prayed during the past year, it has been difficult to break through, to get to that place of victory. But this is a new year, praise God. And you know, it has begun with great things. You know, I nearly feel in my spirit like dancing <laughs> because of the great victory that we came out of Europe. Amen. Now, if I have time at the end, I'll share it with you, but we were very involved, my wife and I, Tracy, were very involved in praying for the Brexit situation. God called us. We had, obviously, the church and many nations behind us backing us up, but listen, it was God's calling and it was a long battle. Yeah. But praise God for that victory. And that's what, because the joy that I have, and when Tim shared the last meeting, you know, I nearly felt like getting up and dancing <laughs> and rejoicing and praising God for the great victory. If, if you don't see it in the spirit, you won't see it at all. But praise God, there are people here who see things in the spirit. And that's what I want to encourage you tonight. That we need this year, we need to see things in the spirit. And we need to walk in the spirit. We need to hear in the spirit. And we need to know what the spirit is saying to the church and what the Spirit is saying to the individual. And that great victory we had was a great way to begin this new year. And you know, the other thing, the victory is, I always park out in a car park, and I'm probably the first to see the building behind us. That's what you call it in here, the building behind us. 
And I'm the first to see it. We'd be out probably early and sitting there. But you know, my heart leaped for joy because coming from a loving background, when the lid goes on and the doors and windows goes in, I'll tell you, you've made it. <laughs> You're there. The building's waterproof. It's sealed. It's airproof. It's burglar-proof. And I rejoiced. I get excited. And that's more good news. The other thing is, God's adding on to the church. He's adding on to the church here in this place. And he's going to add on, he's going to bring more people in. And that's something to rejoice about as well. And you know, we have people get saved since we come up here into the fellowship. That's something to rejoice about too. So I just want to encourage you in that. But there's someone else that I felt the Spirit wanted me to say at the beginning. I really believe that the Lord wants to encourage the woman in the fellowship. I really believe the woman, they have a great place before the Lord. They're very special unto him. Every woman in the fellowship, whether you're young, middle-aged or old, that God's hand is upon your life and he sees and he knows. And some of the scriptures tonight I'll be sharing out of the word direct and will follow them. Some of them I may share if the Spirit brings them to remembrance. I might quote them. So we'll not look them up for time reasons. We want to get through it. We know this as a prayer meeting. And at the end, if we have time, I just want to encourage you with prayer. But God specifically showed me first to encourage the woman. You know, woman goes through a lot of things <laughs> that us men don't have to go through. A lot of physical things. And I believe the Lord wants to highlight that tonight to let each person, each woman in this place know that he knows what you have went through, what you're going through, and what you'll go through in the future. The Lord knows. And he wants to encourage you. You know, the Word of God says, I'm just quoting this, the Spirit's bringing it to me. The Word of God says, Many are the thoughts of the Lord towards thee. If they could be numbered, they are more than the sand. And you know, he was speaking from an Israel point of view, and there's a lot of sand in the beaches of Israel. There's a lot of sand there. And he said there were more than the grains of sand on the beach. That's a lot of thoughts. God is thinking of you all the time. And Jesus is interceding his heavenly father and our heavenly father on your behalf. So be encouraged. God wants to encourage you. That's what I'm here for. I'm like probably like uh, Barnabas. <laughs> he came in to encourage the church. Amen. But he came to bring the word of the Lord to the church to encourage them. And I believe that's God has me here tonight uh, to encourage you. I mean, God wants to encourage all the women. He knows what you're coming through at this present time. And he, may, he wants to meet you where you're at. Where you're at physically, where you're at in your marriage, in your family, in your home, in the fellowship, in your place of work, when you travel, in your business, wherever you are in the ministry, God wants to meet you where you're at. He loves you. 
He hasn't overlooked you. Sometimes in the church, when it's all men, us macho men, we can sort of overlook the woman. <laughs> and we can forget. But women are very sensitive to the spirit. And the Lord wants you to know that tonight, that he knows that you're sensitive to the spirit. Sometimes when us men are so busy, whatever, even in the ministry, <laughs> that we forget about praying. And the women are there in the background, unseen, unheard, weeping before the Lord, praying before the Lord. And God wants to encourage you tonight. What you're doing, where you're at, he wants to encourage you. I want to just turn now to the word of God. And this is in 1 Samuel. And this is about Saul. probably know the story well. But it was when Saul was called of the Lord to be king in Israel. And we know how that story ended up. But nevertheless, God had called him. And just, I want to encourage the body tonight that God has called each person here that's saved. He has called you into the kingdom for such a time as this. So you're already called. He has already called you. And the calling of God is on your life. And here was Saul. And just to begin in Samuel chapter 10 and verse 1, we just take up the story here. <coughs> it says then Samuel took a veil of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? So that was Samuel the prophet had met up with Saul and the Lord had already showed Samuel the prophet that Saul was to be king. So he anointed him to be king. And some of you are anointed already. I want to encourage you. God's anointing is already on your life. He has anointed you. But this was only, he was anointed to do something. And then when you go over the page in verse 20 of the same chapter, we'll take up the word again. And it says, when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. And when he had caused the tribes of Benjamin to come near by their families, the tribe of Matri was taken. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. Now there, God has narrowed it down. And let's be encouraged tonight. Here was Saul, and he had belonged to the tribe of Israel, but he had belonged to a tribe, the tribe of Benjamin. But here in the whole of Israel, God had narrowed it down. And first of all, all Israel came, all the twelve tribes, then he narrowed it down to the tribe of Benjamin. Then he narrowed it down to Saul's family. And then he narrowed it down to Saul. And everyone be encouraged tonight that God has called you as an individual. He has called you into the church, but you're called also as an individual. Of all the people on this island, he has narrowed it down to the town, to the city, 
to the village, the country, wherever you're living, he has narrowed it down to you. To you. And you're there. And this is where the man found himself. But look at what happened. It says Kish was taken, the son of Saul, the son of Kish was taken, and when they sought him, he could not be found. I wonder why he was hiding, why he couldn't be found. Was he shy? Was he embarrassed? Was he afraid? But if you go back over to chapter 9, whenever Samuel had met up with Saul in verse 21, and Saul was protesting. He was protesting because this is what he said. And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjaminite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? So he was hiding because he felt he could never be king. He felt he was not important. He wasn't in comparison with the whole of the tribes of Israel. There were bigger tribes. There were greater tribes. And he said, I'm, I belong to the least of the tribes, to the tribe of Benjamin. And I belong to the least of the families of the tribe of Benjamin. And he was hiding away. And just look at the rest of the story. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hid himself among the stuff. So he was hiding, and it got to the stage that they had to pray. But praise God that the Lord spoke and showed them. It says, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. Praise God tonight that God answers prayer. But to encourage you, the Lord knew where Saul was, he knew, he knows where each one of you are. He knows you're here tonight. He knows where you are geographically. But he also knows where you're at in your walk with him. And I want to encourage you tonight through the word of God. The Lord wants to encourage you tonight. Where you are at. You know, some of us may be able to dance before the Lord. Some of us might be on fire for God. Some of us might be radical, whatever. <laughs> but wherever you're at, and the Lord knows where you're at. Because as I was encouraging the woman, you know, the whole church needs encouraged. It has been a tough year in the past. A testing year, a trying year for many there's been many sicknesses, many grievances, many trials and troubles and persecutions. And God wants to encourage you now when it gets us all together that he knows where you're at, what you've come through and what you're going through at the minute. There's people here going through things and the Lord knows what you're going through. And hear this future king he was hiding you know I want to speak tonight about the call of God what God has called us to just maybe read out just when I get it here 
just bear with me. I have a lot of markers in here. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 10, if you want to follow the word with me. This is what the Word of God says, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. It says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. You know what? I just wish I had never fallen. <laughs> and I wish I would never fall again. But here's a word to encourage you. But it's conditional. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence. Now who needs to give diligence? It's us. It's you. We are responsible ourselves for giving diligence. And you know the word diligence is the care and the effort. We've got to take the care and make the effort to fulfill our calling and make election sure. And we know we're called God has called us, like in the book of Esther, into the kingdom for such a time as this. But the election, it says your calling and election, sure. Now, I'm sure we're very familiar with the elections we have in the government. <laughs> How could we not be? But in the government, people, they're obviously called to that post, whatever it might be. But then they're elected. They're elected. And you know, when they're elected, they have to do their job. There's something. They're only elected for that position. So whenever we are called of God, the calling and election, sure. God has elected you. He has called you and elected. Each one that knows the Lord is called and elected. But you haven't fulfilled that role yet. And God wants you to fulfill that role. Some of us have, in part. But there's a role to fulfill. All these people in the government, they're elected for all different offices. First and second minister and on you go. All the people in the government, they're elected to do a particular job. And I want to encourage you more about that job. Now if we, if we go back again to First Samuel, Here was the Saul, he was, he was called, and here he was hiding. And I just want to ask you a question tonight. Are you hiding from the call of God in your life? I want to encourage you, but you know, I want to challenge you as well. I feel that God wants to encourage you tonight. He wants to challenge you. And if need be, convict you. <laughs> but here Saul was hiding. Now, he had a reason for hiding. But the Lord knew he was hiding. And God brought him out of the hiding place. And you know, when I was growing up, what do you hear this for a revelation? 
when I was a little boy growing up, we used to have a saying in the neck of woods where I lived. And it used to be, you know, you were hiding in your mother's apron strings. Or you were hiding in the shadow of your father. Well, you know, that's all right if you're a child. And I remember, even in my own family, when I was a wee bit bigger, you know, the, the younger ones of my family, they used to be hiding behind my mother's apron or standing behind my father, hiding in his shadow. And that's all right for children. But it's not all right for an adult. You know, if you are an adult and you are still, God forbid, but if you're still hiding behind your mother's apron strings or standing in your, hiding in your father's shadow, you know, stop it. Cut those apron strings. Come out from the shadow of your father. And it happens. It happens. It's maybe the way we're brought up, but it does happen. But I encourage you tonight to come out and be your own man. Be your own woman. Because God knows you're in there. He knows you're hiding. You could be hiding for many different reasons. You may be shy. You may be embarrassed. You may be afraid. Whatever it is, you know, God wants you to overcome it and come out of the shadows. Come out from behind your mother's apron string. Wherever you're hiding that, come out. But isn't that very encouraging to know that the Lord knows where everyone is at. He knows exactly where you are spiritually. And I want to encourage you this year and I believe it's from the heart of God. God wants to encourage you in the things of the Spirit. Now you have the word here. The word comes here faithfully. We can say we're here now for nine and a half months. We can say that the word of God has faithfully come from our brother Tim here on this platform. Every time we come here, the word of God has come faithfully. And from others in our congregation, the word of God has come here. But God wants more of the Spirit. He wants you to be led by the Spirit. To hear in the Spirit. To see in the Spirit. Because if you, if you don't know the leading of the Spirit, it will be like the blind leading the blind. You're going to both fall into the ditch. The Holy Spirit is very, very important. If you're not being led by the Spirit, you know, you're going to go round and round and round the wilderness. The Spirit of the Lord brings direction. It brings direction. It brings encouragement. It edifies. It builds up. It strengthens. And we're all moving in the things of the Spirit. So the Lord wants to, the heart of God is to encourage you in the things of the Spirit. You know, the Word of God says, and I'm just going to quote now the Spirit's given me this, you know, it says, first the natural man and then the spiritual man. And you know, we've surely been the natural man long enough. You know, maybe even from fellowship to fellowship to fellowship to fellowship. To, I've been around them all. <laughs> Some of them have been spying when I was in there. But I've been around them. <laughs> but this, I just want to encourage you. This is a fellowship that the Lord has brought about. It's not a man-made thing. 
God's hand is in this. There are people here from the Presbyterian, the Free Presbyterian, the Baptist, the Brethren, the Pentecostal. God has brought you in here. The Elam, wherever God has brought you. There may be others. But you know, God wants to do something. He, want, he has called you out. The Word of God speaks about it. God in the last days, he would call a people out from amongst the people, India people. There's no other people. This is it. This is the end of the line. This is where, where they say in Balamina, this is where the book stops. This is the end of the line. This is where God has called you. There's nowhere else to go. If you left here, there's no other fellowship to go to. This is where God has placed you. And you've been called individually. Everyone has been called individually, no matter where you've come out of, what family you've come out of, what tribe you've come out of. God has brought you here for a purpose. And the Word of God is here. But we want to encourage you more and more in the Spirit. And you know, God, the Word of God says that God has set some in the body. First, the apostles. Some some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Who set them? God set them. And he wants to encourage you. Now, there also, I'm not gonna, going to look it up and go into it all, but you know, there are also nine spiritual gifts. And they're all the ministries in the body. You know, God wants to encourage you in those things. You know, you have a sign outside, New Testament, Pentecostal Church. <laughs> and you know, you came here and you may be from a background of whatever, Brethren Baptist, whatever your free Presbyterian, whatever it might be. But you saw the sign outside, we saw it, we actually were driving past and we saw it, and we came in because it was a New Testament, Pentecostal Church. Wake up, Church! And you saw it as well, you have no excuse if you don't like speaking in tongues well. You've came here and nobody forced you, nobody twisted your arm, you're here in this place. The word of God has been preached here. Nobody forced you to come to sit under the word. If it wasn't been preached where you were, and it probably wasn't, then it's been preached here. <coughs> and the, the spirit of God is here. But God doesn't want you to just come here to warm the seat. Yeah. You know, and people have been here, some people have been here for years, and you're still warming your seat. You know, God wants to encourage you. And that's why this man was this man was afraid, he was nervous, he was he, he didn't want to come out into the limelight, he, he didn't want to be king. King, it was too big a calling. All over Israel, the king of Israel. And yet, God brought him out. And he became king. Will you hear the next verse or two? In verse 23 it says, And they ran and fetched him thence. And when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upwards. And Samuel said to all the people, See him whom the Lord hath chosen, that there is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted, God save the king. God save the pastor. 
They all shouted, God save the king. I'll tell you, <laughs> our pastor needs saved when he has all this to contend with. But here was the encouragement from the prophet of the Lord. This was God's prophet encouraging young Saul. <coughs> and you might be here tonight and you might be young, you might be one of the youths. And God wants to encourage you. That is a calling in your life. And you know you're called, but you're elected. You're the elect of God. You're elected for something, for some role in the body, some particular role. Whatever God shows you, he will show you. He showed young Saul, he showed him his calling and his election. And he'll show you, if you don't know what it is, ask him. Ask him. Knock on his door and ask him. He'll open the door to you. He loves you and he'll answer you and he'll bring you in to his presence and he'll reveal to you. He'll reveal his calling in your life. Don't just sit and keep the seat warm. You know, I heard a man of God when I got saved almost 40 years ago and he said, <laughs> if you go to a church and it's packed or something wrong, <laughs> so don't don't have the crowd in here that you can't even have standing room. You know, people need to fulfill their calling. And you know, what he was saying is, you know, you should be out there in your calling, whatever it is. You know, God is raising up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And we, we're blessed, now I'm not saying this to put our brother Tim on a pedestal, but we are blessed with a pastor after God's heart. We really are. And I have been round the block. And I could say, now I'm not going to put him on a pedestal, God forbid, but it says here, there is none like him among all the people. And I want to encourage Brother Tim tonight, not to be put him on a pedestal, because that's a dangerous thing to do. When I was in the ministry before, I was put on a pedestal by the people. And you know, I regretted that. The people idolized me and had me on a pedestal. And that's a bad thing to do. There's so many men of God out there today on a pedestal and people idolize them. People idolize them. And then something goes wrong and it makes a train wreck and there's so many train wrecks there but you know we're so blessed having our brother come here faithfully feeding us teaching us from the word every time here faithfully but we want to be encouraged as well as the word we want to be encouraged in the things of the spirit because the word and the spirit go together you can't separate them some places it's all the word and no spirit. Some places it's all spirit and no word. We need a just and a fair balance. And we need to both work them together. So let's be encouraged. So here was that Saul was anointed to be king. And he was brought out openly. And whatever your calling is, you know, the Lord wants you to fulfill it this year 
to make your call and election sure. You're called, you're elected, but fulfill that, make it sure. Begin to do what God has called you to do. You know, Tracy and I have been called of the Lord to the Word and to intercessory prayer about 20 years ago. God called us. Well, I had prayed for years before that. But to a specific calling to the Word of God, we read the Word, and I would encourage you to read the Word from Genesis through to Revelations. We read the Word through. When we're finished, we start again, and we read it through. Now, Tracy is even far more into it than I am. I tend to be picking out places as well and studying it, but that's for the call of God in my life. But, you know, that's what we do. We read it through, and when we're finished, we read it through again. We study it, we pray it, we speak it, we prophesy it, we preach it, whatever, we one to one, but we're called to the word and the prayer. And that is key in any person's life. It's key. But we are called to intercessory prayer. And I'm going to share a wee bit at the end about that. But if you would look with me in the next word that I want to share. Uh, it's in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, chapter 14, and we begin in verse 25. It says, In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is the Spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come on the water, unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said, O thou of little faith, Wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the one ceased. Now, just want to encourage you further in this word here. Here was a situation where they were in the ship, they were in the boat, and they were all together. And we know we have a saying here in the north of Ireland, they're all in the same boat. <laughs> they were all in the same boat. But there was one of them, and that happened to be Peter again. And if you read through the word of it, Peter, Peter was a very bold disciple. And he, he got into all sorts of trouble. But I'll tell you, he had a heart after God. His spirit was really after the Lord. And here, you know, anyone that is here that has been a 
mariner of the high seas or a fisherman will know that it wasn't a favourable time to get out of the boat. But yet and all, when Peter heard it was the Lord, he says, I bet you, Lord, bid me to come on the water. I think Peter wanted to go further than the rest of his disciples. And you know, all it takes is one, as they say, to break the ice. And if we could get one to move forward in the things of the Spirit. And here was Peter. And it was, remember, it was four o'clock in the morning. And there was a storm, the wind and the waves of the sea. And God called him. And he had to climb down the type of a boat in Israel at that time. He would have had to climb down onto the water. <coughs> and it was pitch dark in the middle of the night. And a storm and the rain and the wind and the waves. And yet and all, he knew the call of God. Here was the call of God. What was it? Come. You know, the call of God might come in your life tonight in this meeting. Whether you're saved, God will call you to the ministry he has for you. You might be a backslayer here sitting in the meeting tonight. You could be like Saul. You could be hiding in the stuff. He was hiding in the stuff. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in the church too. And you can hide. You could hide in the crowd. You know, you could be hiding in the youth club. You could be hiding in the school. You could be hiding behind the ministry. But you know, the call of God could come in your life tonight. If you're a backslider, there's backsliders here tonight. I want to say the word of the Lord to you is to come. Come to the Lord and don't put it off. Come to him tonight. Tonight is your night. There could be somebody not saved, never was saved. You know, God's invitation to you tonight is to come to him. He's inviting you. And you know, it might be stormy to get there. But I'll tell you, Peter got there. He, in obedience to Jesus saying, come. He stepped out of the boat. He climbed down. He began to walk on the water. He began to walk. He was walking on the water. He did sink. But he was walking on the water. And Jesus was waiting for him. And he reached out. And he caught him. And he held him up. And he must have walked back to the boat. <laughs> he must have walked in the water back to the boat. And you know, it must have been very fearful for Peter to get out of that boat to walk in the water. And him being a fisherman, he'd have been very experienced. He would have knew, and he would have knew that not to get out of the boat in a storm. And yet and all, when the call of God came, and you know, there's many storms in life. But you know, the Lord is there in the storm. No matter how high the waves are, no matter how strong the wind is, no matter how deep the water is, the Lord is there in the middle of the storm. And I want to encourage you tonight, if you have come through storms in the past, it's God has brought you through. If you're in the middle of a storm at this present time, it's the Lord is there with you right in the middle of the storm. I know I get excited when I read this because Jesus was walking in the water. And you know, if it had been the daytime and the sun shining as it did in Israel, 
it's hot in Israel. If you haven't ever been there, I encourage you to go to Israel. If you never do anything else, go to Israel. And meet with the God of Israel there. I can assure you, I can guarantee if you go to Israel, you will meet with the God of Israel. I've been there many times, and every time I met with the God of Israel, that's what I went for. It wasn't only to see the sights and see the land and meet the people. I went to meet with the God of Israel. And I tell you, I just met with them. And you know, the same Jesus that we love, that we worship, is the same God as the God of Israel. One and the same, in case there any confusion with the Old Testament and New Testament. One and the same. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the God of Israel. But anyway, in Israel, in the sea, it can get very stormy. But Jesus was there in the midst of this storm. And if you're going through a storm, remember that God is with you in it. Now I'd just like to share a wee bit before because time's going on and I know it's a prayer meeting but I just want to share quickly and I hope God is encouraging you into the things of the Spirit that this year set it as a target set it as a goal have a vision get a vision for your own life make your call and election sure it's your responsibility make it sure I've spent this last 40 years making my call and election sure and you have to work at it every day you have to pray it through you have to put it into practice that's what I'm standing up here tonight for putting it into practice and I don't mind what way it comes out as long as the spirit of the Lord quickens you tonight that you're quickened in your spirit that's what God wants he wants to quicken you in your spirit tonight to nudge you remember Peter was in prison and the angel of the Lord came and he nudged him. Wake up, Peter. Wake up, church. Wake up, individuals in the church. Wake up. The Spirit of God is hovering here in the meeting. He's here. God is real. He's alive. And we need to encourage, and I want to encourage you in prayer. Tracy and I have been called of the Lord 20 years ago to intercessory prayer and to the Word. Some of you already know that, those who don't, we've been called to that. And we spend most of our time now, I'm retired, Chris is retired, most of our time in the Word and in prayer. And then when we go out, we have the Word of God in our hearts. This, our hearts, the storehouse for the Word. And the more you read it, the more you read it, you'll fill up the storehouse. If you never read it, you'll have no Word in there when you need it. But if you read it, and meditate on it and obey it and put it in the practice. You know, you'll have an accumulation of the word, you'll have a storehouse, and then out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It's the living water. When you meet someone and the living water starts to flow from you, and the word of God comes out of your heart, and the, the person or people that hear it, something is going to happen. They're going to be quickened. They're going to be convicted of their sin. They're going to be encouraged if they're saved. You know, the spirit will flow. And we have been called to that. Now, I just want to share quickly and briefly. We weren't just calling 
called to intercessory prayer. We have prayed for years and we've all been praying and I want to encourage you to continue to pray. But intercessory prayer is different. It's different. And I just want to share now from the word from Isaiah. <coughs> In Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. It says, this is the word of the Lord now. It says, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace, day or night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent and give him no rest till he establish and till he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Now, people who are called to intercessory prayer, and I'm encouraging the fellowship here, some of you, God possibly has already called to intercessory prayer. Well, I want to encourage you tonight to continue in intercessory prayer. And if you know that God has called you to that and you still haven't fulfilled it, God's calling you to it tonight. Prayer is the key in this fellowship, in this house. Prayer is the key. And I might delay a minute or two, but it'll be worth it. Because hopefully something, God will deposit something in your heart tonight of his spirit to encourage you where you're at, where you're at in your walk with him. To encourage you in the things of the spirit and to encourage you in intercessory prayer. And hear this word. It says, I have set watchmen upon thy walls of Jerusalem. You know, in Israel, from my experience, if anyone has ever been in Israel so far, some of you have, the walls around Jerusalem, there's parapets in behind them, and they were built up out of stone, and there's steps leading up to those parapets. And the watchmen of Israel, even today, it's the IDF soldiers, and they climb up the steps, but the watchmen at that time, the time of Isaiah, they climbed up the steps to the parapet, and they were the watchmen for Israel. Now, these were men of God that God had chosen. But they climbed up the steps and they watched. They were watchmen. Watchmen, watch. You know, the Word of God says, watch. Jesus said it, watch. Watch and pray. And these men climbed up onto the walls. And you know, in the clear view from the walls of Jerusalem, you can see for miles on a bright sunny day, you can see for miles around. And it was to watch for the enemy coming. And then they were to blow the trumpet to warn the people. So they were to watch. So watchman watches. Intercessory prayer warriors watch. But you see, these men also, they sounded the trumpet, they brought a warning. And then it says here, they never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord keep not silent. So what they were doing were they knew the Lord and God encouraged them not to be silent. Don't neglect to call to him, to pray to him day and night. 
plead with him, pray with him, intercede, storm heaven, continue in prayer to him, and give him no rest. You know, the, the God of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's never asleep. And he wants you to pray and intercede. And I encourage you to do that. Give him no rest. He'll never tire with your cries, your pleads. Plead with him. Cry unto him. Cry aloud. Shout. And God will hear you and he will answer. And you know, this is the same principle for the church. This word that was given to the watchmen of Israel. So I want to encourage you, if you're a watchman on the walls, and God has called you to intercessory prayer. The other thing is, these men who were on the walls saw the enemy coming. Not only did they warn the people, but they were ready, if the enemy came, they were ready to fight. This is a spiritual warfare. We're not fighting today with the weapons, swords and shields and bows and arrows and whatever you have and guns <laughs> but it's a spiritual warfare there's a spiritual warfare in the church spiritual warfare in the individual life whether you're male or female whether you're young or old here you are there's a spiritual warfare going on and that's why we need to step up a gear from prayer to intercessory prayer and you see there are two major things God called Tracy and I the past year too. And it was a request from Israel. One of them was a request from Israel. The first request was for to pray for rain. They had a drought for a year and we were asked them to pray for rain uh, because of the crops. Now they have the best irrigation system in the world in Israel so they had to have this irrigation system and using it but then the water and the rivers and reservoirs and all started to go down and it became a crisis so the uh, Gentile church there in Israel and there is a Gentile church there they requested us that we would pray we're asked to pray for the hard things for the impossible things for the life and death situations but we were asked to pray and we started to pray and intercede and we prayed through intercessors pray through every day day and night day and night afternoon and evening you pray through you could be driving in a car you're praying through you could be in your home you're praying through whatever you're doing you could be praying through and you set aside times and you pray through and you weep and you plead with the lord and you cry unto the lord and you pray through and we were praying through and the second year there was no rain and then it came into the third year and we were praying through and then you know when you pray through when you intercede and you pray through god will eventually quicken you with a word he'll quicken you with a word and he quickened us with a word after the third year and this was the word in ezekiel 39 i'm going to finish very soon ezekiel 39 and verse 8 and this was the word of God that he brought to us after we had engaged in spiritual warfare and prayed through and interceded to Jesus and he interceded to the Heavenly Father and we prayed through and here was the word he brought in the third year, Behold it has come, it is done, saith the Lord God. This is the day whereof I have spoken. And that day, 
God brought that word. And I saw, I saw as clear the vision of a cloud like a man's hand. I saw the cloud. And I'll tell you, our prayers changed to worship. We started to worship the Lord. We started to glorify the Lord. We started to dance and sing and shout and praise God and give him glory. And then we told all the people and we spread the word and we said we saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. The rain is coming. Get prepared. Get ready. The rain is coming. We have prayed for rain in Israel. And you know, as we pursued the prayer and we got engaged in the spiritual warfare, we prayed and we said, Lord, send them torrential rain, Lord. Send them torrential rain, Lord. Send floods of rain, Lord. Pour it down, Lord. And you know, we get so zealous. And whenever we heard, and God confirmed that he had heard us, and he said, this is what he said. I'll read it again. It is, it is done. It has come to pass. It is done. When you get the word of the Lord in it, after you pray through, you get God's word. And you can start worshiping him and praising him. Now we had been engaged the same uh, as Israel. And uh, amazing in Israel, the rain came. I just nearly forgot to share this good, but I kept the good wine to the end. <laughs> we got word there a few days ago from Israel. We got word. Now by this time, not only the Gentile church in Israel, but we had been asked by the Jewish church in Israel to pray for rain. They were in desperation by this stage. The water had went down. It never had been recorded as low in the reservoirs and the rivers and the fish were dying and the water, the rivers were drying up. The rivers of Israel were drying up and then the finally the Benjamin himself Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel and he had asked, we were in Israel at the time, he asked Pray for rain. And we stormed the God of heaven. And the rain came. The latter rain came. You see, there's the former rain and the latter rain. And the former rain is when the seed's sown and it has to be watered after it's sown. Then the latter rain comes in Israel whenever, they, before the harvest, to, to ripen the harvest. And they urgently needed at this stage it was past urgency it was an impossible thing but listen the god of israel the lord jesus christ himself and i tell you the windows of heaven opened and the rain come down seemingly from the records began in israel they never have recorded a rain fall like it it came down torrential rain and flooding in israel flooding in jerusalem and flooding in the desert. And we were asked the same to pray for Brexit. And the same principle, the same way. And we get this word at the same time for Brexit. And everywhere we went, any place we went around, any fellowship, any Christian, we and unsaved, we told them, we said. We are coming out of Europe because the Lord God himself is going to deliver us out of Europe. And we were sure of it. We had the word of God on it. And it was a guarantee. When God gives you that word, you know. But I want to encourage you in intercessory prayer. 
Because when you pray an intercessory prayer and you pray through, pray for the impossible things that God is God of the impossible. <clears throat> and let's get out of the boat this year. Let's all get out of the boat. Let's take a risk. Let's take a chance. Let's be like Peter. Get out. Because he got out and he went to be with Jesus. And you know, Jesus will call you. And to finish off, there's, there's many storms in life. There's many storms. But you know, you'll find God in the middle of your storm. When you look for him, when you cry out, Peter communed with the Lord. He was the bold one. The rest were just in a happy huddle in the boat to stay down there. But you know, Peter came out, and you can read the whole report through the word about Peter and his calling and his ministry and the miraculous ministry that God called him into. So I want you, as I leave the pulpit here I want you to be encouraged this year ahead I want you to be encouraged now I've went over the time a wee bit and I do apologize but let's be encouraged this time wherever you're at that the Lord knows he knows just like Saul he knows where you're at in your walk with him he knows Amen, Amen. Amen.